the guys who are kind of falling in love with you because of the kind of things you write and draw in Dirty Plot, I don't know if you want to meet those guys. Well, who's <laughs> so. gonna like the guy who's gonna fall in love with you when you draw yourself as a giant woman drowning a city in your own in your own menstrual blood? Like that's 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 like Jack and Rose, man. This week on Quarantine Comics, for the letter J, we're reading Time Zone J, the new cartoon or the new graphic novel by the seminal Canadian indie cartoonist Julie Doucette, who more or less retired in the late 90s. Doucette was best known for the black and white zine she published from the 80s to the 90s, Dirty Plot. Plata, with an E, being the Quebecois slang for vagina, as one knows, or as I've just learned. So of course, we're reviewing that one too. Well, you didn't read it, did you, Ryan? They only had it at the university library, and I have to pay $30 a month for checkout privileges, which, seeing how much this podcast pays, I had trouble justifying that cost. But fortunately, I know you read it, or part of it, and you have opinions, so this episode of Quarantine Comics will essentially be Roman delivers a lecture on Julie Doucette. You fooled me once again. I'm Roman Cycle. <laughs> and I'm Ryan Joe. <laughs> And I'm one guy who did the reading, and Ryan's the other guy who didn't. Born in Montreal and educated in printmaking at the University of Quebec, Doucette quit college and launched Dirty Plot in 1987. But she started to reach a broader audience when she published her comics in Weirdo, an alt-comics magazine founded by the one and only R. Crumb. Her work was bold, raunchy, and hilarious, taking a skewed look at her time as a young adult in in Montreal's art scene. Her comics often combine elements of fantasy and body horror, like in Heavy Flow, where a giant version of Doucette floods a city in her own minstrel blood. Ah, uh, yes. But Time Zone J is very different. Published in the spring of 2022, it's Doucette's first extended work as a cartoonist since she retired in the 90s. Now, like many of the dirty plot strips, it tells a story that's ostensibly autobiographical of a young Doucette falling in love with a French soldier who she calls her Husser. But unlike Dirty Plot, the story is told from the point of view of the middle-aged Doucette today. The past, as she writes, it's, and I quote, it's like a big sugary milkshake, end quote. As much as she tries to revel in the best aspects of the romance, the reality defies any attempts at sentimentality. Time Zone J is very different from Dirty Plot in that its structure also defies the neat boxes that usually dictate the ordering of sequential art. Here the comic looks more like a collage. The pages are also uncut, quote, This way you get a sense of the infinite scroll of the book and, of course, the infinite scroll of memories. The editor Tracy Huron told the New York Times. So that's a lot. We teed up a lot. A lot of shit that you didn't read. And this is why sometimes I prefer not the weird shit that you make me read, Ryan, and then don't read yourself. In those cases, I don't have to quote the New York Times when I talk about the comics I like to read. Well, let's quote Roman Stegel instead. If you were to blurb this book, what would you say about it? Train of thought, you know, I, I remember texting you, I, I, I read a bunch of Dirty Plot first, because unlike the, the poor shithole city you live in, my beautiful town in Connecticut actually had Dirty Plot. <laughs> I'm actually surprised that pearls are not clenching from reading Dirty Plot. But, you know, I read probably about a third of the way through Dirty Plot before I was like, okay, I get the shtick of this. 
that was in the 80s and 90s. Let's see what she's up to now. And I jumped right in and I was even more confused. And it took me a while to actually learn how to read it until you told me that it's kind of like this never ending signing sold away where you start at the bottom, you go to the top, you go to the next page, top to bottom over and over again. And it's just this kind of ongoing stream of thought. And it takes a while before you set up the it's effectively one story the story of her romance, but it takes a while to get there. I don't know, Ryan. I don't have a blurb for this. I mean, I'm still kind of left thinking. It's kind of like I just heard someone tell me a really long story, and I'm like, I guess that's interesting. I don't know. What did you think? It kind of defies blurbing. I also think I was wrong in terms of how to read it. I think it is bottom to top and then bottom to top. It's just because the whole page, the whole thing is just like one giant, like... Well, it's an accordion. It's an accordion. All yeah, if you, were accordion. To, if you were to... So... I actually, it it took me a while to get into it, and then once I got into it, I kind of really enjoyed it, but not in the sense, like, I really enjoyed the story, and I really enjoyed, you know, the, the details of the characters and whatnot. I really kind of enjoyed how the story was told, and had to kind of unpack how to how to read it. And I, I really kind of appreciate when when a writer does that, or when a creator does that, when they kind of, like, try to retrain you how to read and in this case i think it's justified because she really is sort of going into the past she's trying to remember like she's looking through her diaries and she remembers oh yeah when i was young when i was doing dirty plot i had this romance with this french soldier and it kind of began when we started trading letters he was a fan of my work and then i started to visit him and you know, as she's kind of going down memory lane, of course, it's very discursive. She kind of like thinks about other things that happen that are sort of related. And, she, you know, it's all kind of muddled together with all of these other memories. And then eventually, you know, she's starting to slowly extract what happened with her and this and the soldier. And I feel like the 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 way the book uh, presents itself really kind of translates that that creep down you know, down memory lane, really, really, in, in a way that I think only graphic, a graphic novel could, because well, you know, I, you... I, I, I don't, I don't know. It's only in a way that a graphic novel could. I think it's. I would justify that, but go. It's a jumbled mess of a story, but it is made less of a jumbled mess by the way she chooses to articulate it. Yeah, I, I do agree that it's a jumbled mess because, again, she's kind of like going into the past the way that when you think about the past, you kind of have all of these different, you might be thinking about a story, but at the same time, okay, something else comes, there's a bit of a tangent, or there's some other fragment of memory that might not even be related to the story that you're that you're trying to recollect that kind of comes up. And I feel like the art, because it's like a collage, and because not every image within the within the you know, that, that she's drawing really kind of ties back to her relationship with the French soldier. And sometimes there's no even, there's no reason why some of these, why some of the images are actually even on the page. It's actually kind of like mm -hmm. the exact opposite of most comic art, right? Most comic art, you know, you, you, we kind of, we kind of praise it for being, you know, maybe spare. It kind of like, it kind of conveys the information it needs in a very efficient way. You know, and the, the storytelling is crisp and clear. And this is like the exact opposite of that. It's not really very clear storytelling. You really kind of need to look at her, what she's saying and the words in order to kind of really kind of tie everything together. 
And even then, sometimes it's a little bit hard because you're not quite sure in what order to read the word balloons. So a lot of what Julie Doucette is doing here kind of defies a lot of conventional graphic storytelling rules that, Mm. you know, and, and and I actually kind of really appreciated her almost kind of throwing it in your face. Like, oh, you think you read in this way, right to left in these little square boxes? No, I'm going to just give you a freaking collage that doesn't even end because all of these pages, if you look at it, like they all connect. Like if you were to cut these pages out and line them up, it would just be like this one scrolling. Well, literally uh, the pages, they're not individual pages. Every page is folded over. Yeah, every page is, every page is folded over. And that's probably like... And that's clearly intentional, right? Because it kind of it's 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 a way to kind of create that scrolling effect, as the editor said, literally. Because it it because even when you flip the page, it's still connected to the page previous. And so it's like she she drew this as like this one like super long panel, and 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 it's kind of having you read in this very strange and and unusual way. And it's it's sort of like it's 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 sort of like recalls the way you 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 remember things the way you piece together fragments of your past and so that it eventually becomes like a memory and so like i I mean yeah go on no i was gonna say i mean it is it is meandering but and if anything the the illustration style the literally the page layout as we discussed and the printing style lend itself to you feeling that that sense of meandering. Where is it going? It just keeps going and going. Right. But in reality, it's a really singular story. It's one story. When I wrote zines, I corresponded with a guy and I had this dalliance in this drama. The end. That's kind of what it is. And yeah, yeah. There's, it's... A, there's a lot more to it, but it's you, you have to go on the journey to really get there, to kind of get the nuances of why this mattered, why this impacted her. Yeah, so you know the 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 romance. What do you, I just what did you think of the romance? Because it is, it kind of starts out as this great crazy romance between this young artist and this guy who's sort of mysterious and kind of like totally whacked out of his gourd, and she's kind of attracted, I think, to that mystery of who this guy is and the fact that he seems kind of dangerous. And then as the romance progresses, it kind of just peters out. It's like it's it's a romance where after you kind of like are together and it's passionate and it's great. It's that big sugary milkshake that she alludes to. And then after a while, she leaves. They they're 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 apart for a while and maybe they send the occasional letters, but that energy is gone. And even when he kind of comes back. It's still, you know, it does. She, she's not able. They're not able to kind of recapture that, that romance for better or for worse. Probably for better, honestly, given given that this guy is completely does not seem particularly stable. Well, I mean, but it, never mind you... that. It it it's so telling. Like again, our generation grew up in the before times of instantaneous communication, right? Like literally. 20 years ago, you and I couldn't have done this podcast the way we do it, right? We're, we're You're sitting in your place, I'm sitting in my place, we're recording and we're talking, and we see each other on screen, right? That instantaneous world barely existed back then. It was an era of phone cards and long-distance telephone. Internet was a dial-up sort of thing. And 
I don't know about you, Ryan. I don't know if you ever did have like a long distance relationship or a fling. I had a couple of those, right? And when you see each other, it's honeymoon all the time. But after a while, the honeymoon wears itself out, even after seeing each other a few times over great distances. And so that's kind of what it harkened back to for me. Like when you're in the moment, it's great. But, you know, a couple of visits later, you're not on the same level. Was it all? Was it all? I'm just curious. Was it all honeymoon? Like when you met? you know, for the first time, you know, so you have this great connection over a long distance, you you fall in love with each other's words. You know, when you met, were you ever like, disappointed? Like, oh, man, you your voice sounds really weird. Or, you know, because, oh, you know what, that, that, that's, that's the one parallel I can draw, right? Like, these were people I met in another town, stuff happened, we went back to our towns, phone cards and emails and meeting up again, a couple of honeymoons over the meetups, right? So it wasn't it wasn't this kind of weird correspondence that she had, because as you know, like, right, she was doing indie zines. She was literally mailing her comics out to people. Uh, so there was a much more one to one relationship with her fan base. If anything, yeah, I would argue that the zine relationship is probably like the podcast to the podcast listener relationship. You know, Scott Galloway talks about when he meets people on the street, he knows if they read his books or if they listen to his podcast. Uh, and Dirty Plot is, I, I don't know how much of it you got to read. It's not that it's necessarily intimate details, but it is pretty raunchy and there are kind of independent takes. So she was kind of building a certain kind of fan base. <laughs> like, I don't know if the kinds of the kinds of men who would be, man, I need to watch what I say, but like the kinds of things she's drawing and writing about kind of felt a little shock jockey. And I'm not saying it wasn't good art or good storytelling, but it was like, okay, the guys who are kind of falling in love with you because of the kind of things you write and draw in Dirty Plot. I don't know if you want to meet those guys. Well, who's <laughs> so. going to, like the guy who's going to fall in love with you when you draw yourself as a giant woman menstruating into a, and, and drowning a city in your own, in your own menstrual blood. Like that's, that's that's like Jack and Rose, man. <laughs> but you know, I mean, yeah. what you were saying earlier, yeah. though, I mean, like, didn't we we reviewed Zoe Thorogood last time, and you know, didn't she also the guy that she met? Didn't she also meet him through the comic scene? Like he, sent yeah, but 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 in the in the modern era, in the modern era, you can watch interviews online. You can get a feel for, you know, we're so much more out there. You can listen to an interview. Maybe she met him at a con. Like, this was, gotta remember, this this dalliance of hers was from the late 80s, early 90s. So this is a pre-internet, pre... It's hard to find stuff out about people. You're mailing comic books in the mail to each other. Like, I would argue it's more realistic to build a distant relationship or get to know someone from afar much more than back then you mentioned you know your own relationships that you had would kind of peter out after you've met each other you kind of have that initial attraction you meet it's there oh man but then it's kind of gone and that is something that happened to to julie Doucette as well you know after the meeting they just never really connected or never really connected in the way they had in the past she kind of moved mm. on what was your you know, so so there's something that's very relatable to that. There's something also very mundane about that, right? Instead of the the, the romance just kind of like fireballing, it kind of does the exact opposite. What did you think about that? Her decision to, well, maybe it's not her decision to depict it, but she kind of like she kind of like creates this whole story, and instead of having this 
this this rising action it just sort of falls and it's sort of that's sort of the end of it what was your take i mean i think she can be i mean i think any kind of honeymoon based relationship is kind of mercurial and she's just kind of not that into it and i think that happens with distance i think what 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 makes relationships stand the test of time is the the mediocrity, I hate to say, the, the mundaneness, like they're just kind of hanging out and watching TV or, hey, what do you want to get for breakfast today kind of mode. And long distance relationships are never given that because it's all honeymoon all the time. And what happens is both people cool off. They do, but at different paces from each other, at least in a in a relationship where you're in the same town as someone you kind of get to modulate against each other, if that makes sense. Like, you can kind of sense the push and pull of interest waning and waxing versus in long distance. That's clearly not the case. She clearly wasn't that into him after a while. And maybe he had a lot less going on in his life. He's a soldier, you know, where she just kind of went back to her life as soon as she got back to the States. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's the flaw of distance relationships. From, from, from a dramatic perspective, does that disappoint you? Or did you feel like that's, you know, and obviously it's kind of hard to like critique, you know, I, I'm assuming this actually happened the way Julie just or, or or this is an honest translation of Julie just memory of what happened. So yeah. it's kind of hard to critique it like, oh, it should have been more dramatic. But, you know, we are reviewing this comic book. So, you know, from, from <laughs> your enjoyment of it from as, as a piece of drama, as a story of somebody's ro- failed romance. But, that... but we said it, we said it at the top of the thing, like you don't read this for the story you read this for the journey like it's not this is not the great love story of our era this is one person's memory one person's interaction and i found it relatable because i've been on both sides of those distance relationships you know so there was a universal truth and i think some of those universal truths sometimes can only come from the wandering mind which you know that's pretty cool i think it's also like important like to note that this is also middle-aged Doucette, kind of looking at how she was as as a young woman and then looking at this relationship as well. And I think, you know, maybe that's why she... There's actually quite a bit of it that focuses on the aftermath. Like, you know, there's there's kind of... After they kind of hook up and they're, they're having a great time, you know, most of the book is actually like what happened afterwards. And, you know, not, not a lot happened afterwards. And that's, you know, I think I, I kind of think that's sort of like the middle-aged Doucette, you know, well, that is the middle-aged you said, you know, kind of bringing her perspective and bringing her, you know, the past. She teed it up as this big sugary milkshake, but, you know, there is sort <laughs> of like this aftermath that's actually quite quite bland where they keep having these misconnections. And when they do connect, there's there's no real flame there. And, you know, that almost feels like the older Doucette kind of like bringing, tempering, you know, temper, bringing her own sort of tempered perspective on this whole on this whole situation. How did you, did you want more from the story or was it enough to just kind of have this one kind of moment? No, I I think that if there was more from the story, I might've been disappointed, especially because like the form it took. I mean, this is really kind of like an example of like, you know, where you read for the form over the story or where you, where you should probably read for the form over the story. I mean, I think some of the some of the books you've had me read, and there are probably some other weirder shit that I should bring forward at some point, like some of the Sean Tan work or whatever, but I kind of come to comics for story. And so Dirty Plot is, I mean, there are some arcs over multiple 
things. They're just weird as shit. But this was, uh, to your point, it was form over story. And so, I, if anything, I once I kind of started digesting the form, it just kind of went into this one story a little too much. And I would have liked to, kind of like Dirty Plot, I would have liked to have had a handful of plots, not a recollection mm. of one thing. And so maybe maybe the ask is, is Doucette coming out of retirement and just kind of telling stories this way from now on? That That's interesting. That's it, genuinely yeah, interesting. I, I don't... I'm less interested in story these days just because I feel like a lot of the narratives in comics tend to repeat themselves or I'm like, oh, okay, I think I kind of see where this is going. And then when you're right, Mm. you're just disappointed. You're like, okay, well, that was sort of a waste. But at least the art was pretty. I kind of like, like nowadays, just like kind of like the vibe, if that makes sense. Like when you listen to a song there's, a, there's sometimes a story in the lyrics, but it's really more of an attitude or a mood that, you know, the songwriter, the singer is trying, the musician is trying to establish. And I feel like graphic novels have this weird, this kind of rare power to do that. They can also kind of put you in a certain atmosphere and put you in this sort of dreamscape that is much harder for, for fiction it's much harder for prose. And it's also like kind of much harder for, for movies. So there are a few that, that, that do that really well. And so I'm actually, I'm actually reminded of a Patrick H. Willems video that I sent you recently where he's uh, talking about vibes and why Chris Nolan, specifically the director of Chris Nolan, is all about the vibe. It's not really about the plot and the story. I actually kind of, I didn't see the video, but I actually would kind of disagree with that. I feel like Chris Nolan is pretty literal. But that's... Yeah, it's 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 because I so I I'm just gonna go on a bit of a tangent here, but hell, we're talking about this Julie whole Doucette, episode's so a tangent. I don't have enough to say about Julie Doucette. I, I, I feel like with Chris Nolan, every, there's an explanation for what you're seeing, even when it's a sort of a mindfuck movie like Inception or The Prestige. I mean, The Prestige has an explanation of what happens at the end. Inception has an explanation of what happens at the end. What was the other one? Interstellar. Yes, Tenet, it kind of goes. Tenet. It plays, Tenet I didn't. I didn't fucking get Tenet actually, because like, <laughs> it was all about vibes. You gotta watch the yeah, video, man. It was all yeah. about vibes. But I, I think you know. I, I saw Ari Aster's Bo is Afraid, and that one is sort of like the exact opposite of literal. Because even though you see things on the screen, you have no idea if that is actually happening. There is this. You have no idea if what you're seeing is actually real. Or just through the weird perspective of of the main character, Bo. And so that's kind of like the big difference, I think. Like Chris Nolan, he's, you know, as much as he's kind of like can be mindfucky with some of his ideas, fundamentally what you're seeing on what you're seeing is what is happening. And I and I think that's kind of like what prevents it from being one of those movies where you feel like, you know, it's it's creating an atmosphere or it's creating a a strange like dreamscape you know ari aster's bull is afraid mulholland drive i mentioned the the serial killer movie cure a while ago all of those kind of put you on such uncertain ground when you're watching it that magnolia it, yeah Ma- what magnolia also i i, I would say i've feels kind of literal until they start singing and then the and then the frogs and then then it feels like okay <laughs> i have no idea what he's what's going on here but it's it's awesome, and I kind of see how he's t- how how this sort of ties everything together. 
but back to but back to like time zone J, right? It's yes, there's sort of like a story that you can kind of stitch together, and then, you know it's easier to stitch together in some parts than others. But it's not that the story isn't fundamentally about what happened with the with the Husser. It's about you know kind of her reaction to it at the time and her reaction to it afterwards, and how you know kind of going through this diary brings back all of these memories that were really, really beautiful and sweet, but also ultimately kind of just sort of petered out at the end. So I don't know. I'm just being really long-winded here, but long way of just saying, yeah, I, 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 I've just sort of become less interested in, in plot because, again, it feels like so many of Cause the Because it's a, it cause it's a chemical word for vagina. That's why. Exactly. That's exactly it. <laughs> I When you recommended Time Zone J, and, you know, neither of us had read anything by Julie Doucette, I was actually intrigued to kind of go read because, you know, she is heralded as kind of like, I think, Chester Brown, you know, kind of one of, and she, Chester Brown's actually mentioned in, in some of the early strips. She's kind of a contemporary or a peer of his. And it is interesting to kind of read these indie zines and see what these people were doing just kind of i hate to say shouting into a vacuum but that's kind of what they were doing and trying things out i'm a little disappointed that you didn't read enough of dirty plot because i wanted to get your take on some of these stories i'm actually probably it was one of those things where i literally had to go to the library and go to the reference room and just read it there and i just i could i i I just did not have time to do that over the past week but i actually will try to make it you know try to find time to go there and I was actually really, I was delighted when I saw that they had it and really pissed off when they were like, you have to, you know, you can only read it here and it's $30 if you want to check it out. $30 a month if you want to check it out. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Come on, guys. Wait, $30 a month? I thought that's not bad. So to take it home for $30, that's not too bad. I mean, it's a library, man. It should be free. That's fair. That's fair. Well, so if and when you're up in my neck of the woods, man, like both library systems that I have access to have it. So uh, maybe I'll just maybe I'll just check it out from there. And, and that I do intend to read it, though. I, I'm actually very curious, especially like- this, this is this is the kind of book based on some of the stuff that you and not, I'm not talking about time zone. Jane, now. I'm talking about dirty plot based on some of the weird shit that you've made me read and appreciate. And, and I I am sincere when I say appreciate. I think you'd really enjoy a lot of dirty plot. And I, I think it similar to the last kind of companion set of books that we read by Zoe Thorogood. I kind of think, I mean, you don't need to read and appreciate dirty plot to understand time zone J, but I do think you need to read and appreciate dirty plot to appreciate time zone J. Well, you know, I, I appreciate Chester Brown and, you know, the fact that his story involves like Ronald Reagan's, head on a penis and a guy who endless defecation yes so you know I'm, i mean if if, if do sets in that vein um you know <laughs> sign maybe me it's up, worth man. 30 dollars right maybe it's worth 30 dollars if i were if, if it were for if it were the 80s i would send her a letter <laughs> <laughs> well roman what are you reading next week well ryan as we march down the inevitable, inevitable, I need another I word. Igloo. Inevitable itinerary. Ooh. As we march down the inevitable itinerary that is the alphabet, K is for Carrie. And that's Carrie, K A R I, 
by Amrita Patel. Amrita Patel is a writer-painter and India's first female graphic novelist. She's actually the author of both Carrie and the Mahabharat-based Parva duology. And this is a book that, you know, in my kind of seeking of South Asian storytellers, specifically from the subcontinent, not folks in America, this book kept popping up on all sorts of lists. And I tried to get my library to buy it. They never would buy it. It's been on my list to read for a while, and I don't know what to expect. Other than it's a book that's been recommended, it's by an Indian from India creator, and K is for Carrie. Here's hoping I can get that one with a, oh, that's a, I, I can get Buy it. the goddamn oh, book. Kindle? You can get it used for, you can get a Kindle for $10, or you can uh, buy it for, I just you can buy it for movie. 10 plus four, Nine. eight plus four dollars. $12, you can own a hardcover. But for, for $12, $13, I can I can just have it on time and open it up on my on my iPad. That's like, but okay, but like seriously, like real lazy bastard. This is this is a genuine question. So if it's the exact same price to get it digitally versus to get a print version of it, you'd rather just because of convenience? Well, it kind of depends well, on the so you can get it eleven fifty eight next. So. Uh, eleven fifty eight with free delivery. You should totally buy it. I also have to find a place to put it on my shelf, though. If if I read, if I buy this, and then I don't you give like it away it, as and then a I have gift, to have it stored on my shelf, or I'm give it away, very, or donate it to very, the fucking library. Hey, Didn't you do that to me I once? I want to give you this book. I would say that it really meant a lot to me, but I freaking hated it. Yeah, but I told you before, and I was like, I, I didn't like this book, <laughs> but you know, you might. And that's our show. Like what you heard? Be sure to share with a friend, subscribe, and leave us a review wherever you get your favorite podcasts. See lots of pretty pictures of the books we read at qtdcomics.com. And since we're sure no one's listening, prove us otherwise. Shoot an email over to say what I got right and what Ryan got wrong. qtdcomics at gmail.com. Give you a social media handle, but we're old, and that feels like too much work. I'm Roman Segel. And I am and have always been Ryan Jones.